The major and minor arcana into which the deck is divided are arcs, or containers that, according to the American Heritage Dictionary, hold the great secret of nature that alchemists sought to find, the concealed knowledge of the self. Mary K. Greer You're listening to the Alchemical Mermaid Podcast. Namaste and welcome to the Alchemical Mermaid Podcast. I'm your host, Serafina Sangha, and in season one of this podcast, we are delving into the divinatory world of tarot. Now, before we get started, just a little bit of housekeeping. The Alchemical Mermaid Podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more, wherever podcasts can be found, pretty much. And I really do hope that you give the podcast a follow on whichever platform that you listen to podcasts on, and of course, rate it five stars. It really helps get the podcast out there. Now, also, I would really love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the show, especially if you've listened to previous episodes. I really want to know what you think, and I want to know your thoughts and opinions about tarot, getting your first deck, the misconceptions, and so on and so forth. So please do follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Uh, my handle is Mermaid on Twitter. I'm not really active on Twitter, but I will still check Twitter. Um, it's Alchemic Mermaid, because Twitter has that 15 character limit thing. So Alchemic Mermaid. Or you could also email me at alchemicalmermaid at gmail.com. And of course, last but not least, very important update. The podcast will now air twice a month instead of once. Um, because I thought, <laughs> I have so much to say, and I'm so excited to do this podcast that I'm like, why am I only doing it once a month? So from now on, the podcast will be out after every new and full moon of the month. So twice a month after the new moon and the full moon. So I'm excited. So anyway, without further ado, let's get started. Now, in the previous episode, we learned a little bit about the misconceptions of tarot, like the general misconceptions like how tarot is not for psychics, it's not evil, it doesn't have anything to do with black magic, it's not considered witchcraft or a form of religious practice, so it's not closed. Um, or we also went through deck misconceptions, like how you don't have to be gifted your first deck, you can buy your first tarot deck. Um we also talked about how uh, apps, tarot apps on your phone is just as good as a physical deck. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Also how the Rider Waite Smith deck um, isn't necessarily for beginners. Like you don't have to buy that as your first deck. You can literally get any tarot deck as your first deck. You just have to like it, right? Um, we also went through how to cleanse your deck and also how to build a relationship with your deck. Now, for cleansing, especially if you either get a new deck or a used deck, different ways on how you can cleanse your deck, um, even after you've used it and you feel like someone touched it, how you can cleanse it after that, like all that kind of stuff. But in today's episode, we're going to find out a little bit more about the tarot deck. So we're going to go into major and minor arcana, we're going to go into court cards, reading upright, and also reading reversals. That's a big thing in today's episode. So let's get started with today's episode about a deck. So 
First things first, major and minor arcana. Now in the tarot deck, there are 78 cards in total, and they are separated into the major arcana, which is also known as big secrets, and minor arcana, which is little secrets. Now, arcana means secrets. It can also mean mysteries. Um, the reason why they called it arcana, because it makes it sound mystical and occultist and you know, just gives it that enigmatic kind of feeling, right? But the, at the end of the day, it's just the essence or the energies of life. There's nothing so crazy or dark or weird or occultic or anything about it. It's literally just life. It's pretty much symbolic, um, the arcanas or the secrets, the mysteries of life. It's symbolic of what we have gone through, um, either personally or as a society, uh, what we are going through and also what we will go through, right? It's like the cycle of life. Um, and that is represented within the 78 cards of the major and the minor arcana. That's pretty much it. Now, going into the major arcana, there are 22 cards in total, starting with card number zero, the fool, all the way to card number 21, the world. Now, in the beginning, when uh, the major arcana was created, they were called trumps because it was used as playing cards and there was a whole system to it. So it was called uh, trumps before or triumphs. Whereas occultists um, started calling it major uh, arcana and of course minor arcana, believing that uh, the trumps had esoteric meaning. Uh, they had a lot of Christian influences in them, but the symbolisms and so on and so forth had a lot of esoteric meaning, right? There was this really mysterious like uh, meaning to the cards and, and they, they saw it as uh, symbolic uh, in that sense, because these decks were then used, or tarot decks were then used as, uh, you know, used for divination, and they had the interpretations or the cards, the symbolism, the imagery, and so on and so forth. They had a lot of um, Kabbalistic, Egyptian, astrological, and other influences that further made it look a lot more enigmatic and esoteric in that sense. So, that's why um, arcana is pretty much a good word to use uh, when it comes to the majors and the minors, right? Because it's the secrets of life. It's what life is about. Um, and using all the symbolism to stand for different things, to mean different things, um, to signify different experiences and, and aspects of life and so on and so forth. I guess that's why the, the whole arcana, the secrets, the mysteries within the cards. And the thing is that Jungian psychologists also believe that the majors um, have deep archetypal significance. So that means like it reflects, there's this archetype and it reflects um, situations and people and phases and so on and so forth within a person or people's lives. So in that sense, as much as different groups say this and that, in essence, at the end of the day, no matter what occultists say or Jungian psychologists say or whomever says, at the end of the day, the major arcana, in essence, it all kind of boils down to the same understanding. Everyone has their own interpretation of what the major arcana is and stands for, but it, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. It's what life is. It's the experiences and the, the moments and the significance of 
life, like what you go through. So that's the major arcana. They are representative of life. <laughs> but moving on to the minor arcana, minor arcana has 56 cards, and all 56 cards are separated into four suits. They are the pentacles, cups, swords, and wands. These are the typical suits that you're going to find in majority of tarot cards out there, but there are some variations. So for example, some decks, instead of calling it pentacles, may call it coins. Uh, cups may be called chalices instead. Wands may be called batons or staves instead. And some other decks will have different interpretations. So for example, like the Wildwood Tarot, their swords are arrows, the wands are bows, cups are vessels, pentacles are stones, and things like that. So different cards, depending on the creator of the cards, will call the four suits something else. But at the end of the day, they mean the same thing. So for example, like the zombie deck has um, swords, they have wands, they have cups, but the pentacles are called hazards. So sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's different, but at the end of the day, it's different names, but at the end of the day with the same essence. Now, what are the essence of the four suits? So first and foremost, we have the swords, uh, and these stand for the mind or your thoughts, your ideas, anything that's coming from your brain. A lot of people believe the mind is in the heart, but a lot of people believe that the mind is in your brain, like what you think, right? It's your communication, it's the air aspect, the air quality. So it has very strong ties with Mercury. It's communication, it's how you speak, how you talk. So that's the representation of the swords. Whereas the wands is more towards the fire energy. So it's very Mars related. So it's got a lot to do with ambition, with passion, with energy. Think of like the different star signs. Think of like Aries, who are typically known as trailblazers. They're leaders and they, they put their foot down. They're like, yes, let's do this. And they're, you know, very gung-ho about things. Um, or Leos are super dramatic and they're really in your face. They're creative and they like to do a lot of things, right? That fiery, adventurous personalities. Um, so that's what the ones are about. They're about ambition, moving, driving forward. They've got lots of passion and they want to do things. They've got a lot of energy. They want to move and constantly get things done. That's what wands are about. And then moving on to cups, the third suit. Cups is related to the heart. Um, it's the water element. And so it has a lot of Venus energy to it. Uh, you can see the Venus energy so clearly in the Queen of Cups, that's for sure. But the cups has a lot to do with emotion and relationships and love and intuition. It's got, in a sense, more of a feminine energy, which is why you will see a lot more females represented within the, the, the 14 cards. But cups are, are very much about love and very much related to the heart. And last but not least, we've got the pentacles. Now, if swords are Mercury, wands are Mars, cups are Venus, then what would pentacles be? Now we're thinking like, oh, sun, moon, Jupiter, and Saturn, blah, blah, blah. No. Pentacles is Earth. We can't forget where we are, right? Like, at the end of the day, it's our 
realm. It's where we are right now. It's practicality. It's earth energy. It's grounding. So it's things like your finances and your health and your body and your 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 practical everyday life, your routine, your responsibilities, like these kind of things. That's what pentacles are are about. Now I'll of course go a lot more deeper into the different suits when we get to the suits, like in a in a later podcast. But these are kind of like the essence of all the cards. So you have card one to card ten, and then you have the court cards. Uh, so you've got the page, the knights, the queens, and the kings. So I like to see it, or how I like to kind of um, look at the different suits is through the mind, body, soul kind of interpretation. Now you're like, hold on, Serafina, there's four suits. Mind, body, soul is three. What are you talking about? Well, I always feel like with mind, body, and soul, there's like something missing. Like you've got the mind, which is, you know, your 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 brain. You've got the body, which is your, your physical body, of course. You've got the soul, which is your spirit. But then what's missing in that equation is the heart. And that's why I feel that it really is representative of that. So the swords is your mind, the wands is your soul or your spirit, because again, it's passion, it's energy, right? Uh, and then the cups is your heart, and pentacles is your actual physical body. So that's how I like to think about the four suits. But again, different people will think about it differently. Some people will look at it as the elementals. So, you know, swords as air energy, wands as fire energy, cups as water energy, pentacles as earth energy. Some of them will look at it as mind versus energy versus emotions versus finances and health. It's really up to how you want to see it. None of them is wrong. They're all, at the end of the day, if you kind of look at it, they're all the same. It's just how you want to see it. So that's part of the minor arcana. Now, moving on to the difference between the major and the minors, major arcana is more towards bigger energies, bigger, larger, more expansive, very significant energies, whereas the minor arcana is more towards events or people or situations or experiences, like singular experiences and things like that. So think of the majors as something significant, something big, right? And the minors are the subtleties, something that's just a little milder in that sense, right? So that's why major, big, and minor, small. How I like to see it, or another way of how I would explain it, is major arcana are things like your Super Bowls, or the World Cup, or the Olympics, right? I'm going to use a sports analogy here. I, I think it's global enough that everyone would be able to understand, I hope. But so major are those big sporting events, right? Like your World Cup, the FIFA World Cup, or um, the Super Bowl, um, the Olympics. It's huge. It's big. It's grand. It's worldwide. It's this giant, massive event that finds the best of the best athletes, right? And to find that one true big winner, it's this giant global event. And that is the energy of the major. It's this big, giant energy, right? But the minors are things like the qualifiers. 
how do you know who are the two teams that are go- that are going to play off against each other in the Super Bowl? How do you know which two countries are going to go head to head in the World Cup final? You need to have your quarterfinals. You need to have your qualifiers. You need to have your quarterfinals, your semifinals. All those things are just as important to get you to that final. You can't have the Super Bowl. You can't have the World Cup. You can't have the Olympics without all those minor events before. An athlete would have to train, would have to qualify for nationals, would then have to go for regionals, would then have to go for... Okay, that's the extent of my sports knowledge, but you get what I mean, right? Like, you have to build up to get to the Olympics. And that's what the minors are. They build up to get to that major event. The minor arcanas build up to that major arcana energy. So that's how I see it. Another way of seeing it is, if you've ever played Donkey Kong... Sorry, this is like, yeah, but if you've ever played Donkey Kong or if you're you're a gamer, it's think of it this way. The major arcana is Donkey Kong, but the minor arcana are the barrels. You gotta jump over the barrels or grab that hammer and defeat the barrels in order to get to Donkey Kong to save the princess. Or in any other video game, before you get to the final boss level, you gotta go through all the minions and beat them. The boss level, that giant boss that you have to beat in the end of the video game, is the major arcana. But that minor battles that you have to go through throughout the adventure, throughout the game, that's your minor arcana. I'm so sorry, my my video game knowledge is not that expensive. I play very simple games but yeah so that's that's how you can see the major versus the minor arcanas right big major events versus the build up towards it and that's the differences now within the minor arcana you have court cards right so you have the pips you have one to ten which are all building up of energies and then you have the court cards so playing cards regular playing cards will have your jack queen and king but with tarot, you have four. So rather than three, you've got four. You've got page, you've got knight, you've got queen, and you've got king. Now, sometimes they're termed differently, like the Wild Unknown, for example, has daughter as page and son as knight. Um, other decks may call queen as mother and king as father. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. They're all the same thing. They're all, uh, they all carry similar energies, right? So, for example, the pages have a more youthful, young, vibrant energy. They are seen as learners. They are new to things. They are these little children that are soaking up knowledge and, you know, looking at the world with these giant eyes, just wanting to learn and understand everything. And that's the that's the energy of the pages. The knights, on the other hand, are more like your teenagers, young adults kind of energy. They're adventurers. They like to do first and think later. <laughs> Doesn't really matter for them. It's just, let's go for it. Let's do it. All right? They don't like to sit around and wait. 
whereas queens are more motherly. They nurture the energy of the card in others, right? So they know it, they've, they've mastered that energy, but instead of controlling others, they nurture it. They try to build the energy within other people. And then kings, on the other hand, are a lot more fatherly. They are the masters and commanders of the energy. They are the do not cross me, the you shall not pass type energy of the card, right? So that is the kings. Now, some readers um, out there believe that court cards would represent the people around us. They would represent your family or your friends or your colleagues or whomever it is. Whereas other uh, readers believe that they represent energies or stages of life. There's different ways of seeing it. How you choose to read it, whether it represents people or represents energies, is completely up to you, right? So some of the pros and cons of it, um, if you put uh, the court cards as representing people, if that's your choice, then the pro of it is you could probably pinpoint a specific person in the querent's life, in you know whomever you're reading uh, for. If you're reading it for yourself, you may be like, oh, that's my aunt, or that's my uncle, that's my cousin, whomever it is, right? But the con is that sometimes the cards are too vague to really, truly represent a single person. Um, so, for example, the Queen of Cups is someone who is really nurturing, very motherly, someone who cares and, you know, who would... Uh, the kind of mum who would kiss your boo-boo and put a bandage over it and then give you a hug and a kiss, right? That's the kind of energy. What if your mum's like that, but also your aunt? Then who would it represent? Is it your mum or is it your aunt? Or is it someone else that's supposed to come in your life eventually? So it can get a little bit um, confusing. And maybe some people will say like, well, it would represent both people. It's the energy of both people and therefore it would be both people. And yeah, but the thing is like, and, and of course you would be reading it with other cards as well, but sometimes it can be a little too vague in that sense. At least to me, it can be a little too vague um, to really represent one single person or you know, even if it's a, just a group of people, like sometimes you just don't know. And that's when hesitation can arise and eh, not great to be hesitant when you're reading, right? Whereas for energies, if you're going to look at the court cards as energies, which is what I prefer to do, I don't like putting people as the court cards. I prefer energies. The pros of it is that it can literally represent anyone or anything. It can even represent the querent themselves. So if you're reading it for yourself, it could be you. Or if you're reading it for a friend or a family member, it could literally represent themselves and the energy that they need to manifest or they need to work towards or whatever it is, right? So in that sense, um, that's a pro for it. It can, it can really be about anyone or anything, right? But the con is that it can get confusing. Is it really representing a person or a thing or whatever it is? And this is where, again, you have to read the other cards with it and you really have to trust yourself and know yourself in order to be able to identify um, what is it. So the thing that I always do is that when I am going to read, my intent uh, when I'm shuffling my cards and when I'm reading my cards and that I've injected in my readings for all the years that I've been reading, is that I always, when I get a new deck of cards and I'm shuffling it and I'm talking to the cards, I always say, court cards are not people. They are energies that are out there. 
they're either energies that I or the querent or whomever it is that is the reading is being done for. It's the energy the person needs to build up to or needs to emulate or needs to find within themselves or within others. So it's not going to represent a person. I refuse to let it represent a person. And then my readings become a lot more clearer. So you need to make sure that when you get into your reading, you have a really strong intent and you really inject that in- intent into your into your cards where you're like, card cards are this. And you are so sure of that, that when a card comes out and it's a court card, you know exactly what it would mean. So you you need to make sure that you're very clear on that. We will go through court cards much later on uh, when we go through the different cards. And I will bring this up again and we will go through that further. But I just wanted to keep this kind of short and straight to the point. So yeah, so court cards are interesting in that sense. So they could be people or they could be energies. Now, moving on to reading of the cards. So when you have a deck and you're reading the cards, typically a lot of times and what you see in a lot of different places is the cards are upright. And that's the most typical way, I would say, I guess, uh, the most typical way of reading uh, cards. A lot of readers out there um, will read it upright. Now, every deck that you buy, right, whether regardless of what deck you're buying, every deck that you buy is going to come with a little white booklet. Sometimes it's a nicer book if you're buying it within a bigger box or whatever it is. Um, But all decks will come with a little white booklet or a booklet of some sort explaining each card. And this little white booklet will have keywords or they will have a little um, short explanation of why the creator puts specific symbols or signifiers within um, each of the cards. And it's really important that um, if you love the art in a deck, that's great. But what's better is that you need to understand the symbolisms. And a great way to understand the symbolisms and why the card was drawn in that way is to read that little white book and just to see like, where is the author going with this? Or what did the creator, why did the creator um, draw certain things in a certain way or put certain symbolisms within a card? It's good to understand that. And that will give you a better or a deeper understanding of the essence of the card, right? So, or at least what the um, author or the creator of the card intended for you to get from the card or intended the card to represent. So once you understand the essence of the card, the creator symbolism kind of gives it its own unique perspective of that energy. So sometimes it can be seen as a very positive thing, whereas another um, you know, creator or author could make it more uh, of a negative. Again, it's how people see things, right? So it's people's perspective. And it's yours as well, because someone may see a certain card and depict a certain card in a more darker negative light but you may see like oh but there's so much hope in it so again it's literally how you want to see it right so at the end of the day that little white booklet just gives you the understanding of where the author or the creator of that deck is coming from and then you of course can put your own uh, interpretation into it but at the end of the day all cards have um, their own energy. They have their own energy. It's just how you want to see that energy and how you read that energy within your card. Now, majority, if not all, tarot books and podcasts and so on and so forth out there will always explain the upright meanings. You are not going to suffer or have a hard time finding the upright meaning of 
any card, all cards within the deck, right? You are going to have people like Rachel Pollock or even um, uh, Jessa Crispin, like I mentioned in the previous weeks of their books. Um, they really go into the cards and its upright meanings, but not a lot of people do the reverse meanings. A lot of um, tarot books that you read out there will always have the upright meanings, will have a lot of extensive details and explanations on the upright meaning of the cards, but not a lot of readers go into the reversals. Not a lot of books or podcasts and so on and so forth also go into the reversals as much. A lot of people focus on the upright meanings. So the thing is, though, that um, it's really easy to find information uh, in upright, right? So not all readers will read reversals. It's not because information is not available. It is available, of course. But a lot of readers, a lot of terror readers um, are more comfortable with reading upright. You have 78 cards. There's so many different interpretations, especially with the combinations of cards. There's so many different ways that a lot of tarot readers feel like it's not necessary. So either they feel it's not necessary to read reversals, or there's another school of thought where it's like, no, I don't want to read reversals because it's too negative. Um, or there's a school of thought that just goes, I don't know how to read reversals. I know how to read upright and I'm going to read upright. And that's perfectly fine. Like you could be a tarot reader who just reads upright cards and that's more than fine. You're not going to be having a hard time. You're not going to be blocked by anything, right? It's again, completely your choice. Um, but if you are interested in reversals, well, there's a lot of people who do read reversals and it's, it's interesting. So what about reading reversals? How exactly do you read reversals? Well, first things first, reversal doesn't mean opposite. So when a card comes out, if it's not upright, so for example, um, with the fool, you see the fool standing at the cliff with the dog and he's about to, he looks like he's about to jump off that cliff into a brand new adventure. But if it's reversed, means the card is upside down. And upside down means, oh, it has to be opposite, right? Just because it's reversed does not mean that it is opposite, okay? A reader typically understands the upright first before they need to start reading reversals. And here's the thing. I personally, I don't know a lot of tarot readers who have different interpretations. I don't see a lot of different interpretations, but instinctively these are the eight different interpretations of a card that I have kind of realized and that I read and do my readings with. So let's look at the eight, okay? So before I go into them one by one, let me just list all of them. Now you'll notice that some of the names have astrological terms. <laughs> it's because I love astrology as well and I do read astrology, so I use these terms because they're familiar with me, but yeah, I will explain what the energies are. So my eight different interpretations of a card, if they come out reversed, would be first and foremost, oppositions, second, muted, third, internal versus external, fourth, extremes, five, retrograde, six, misdirection, seven, tension, and eight, unconscious. Now, these are the eight different ways you can interpret a reversed card. So let's start with opposition. 
Now, don't worry, I'm going to be giving examples so you kind of understand what they mean. So let's start with what they mean first. So for opposition, it means literally the opposing or opposite energy from the upright. And this is the one that typically everyone sees it as, oh, reverse equals opposite, therefore the opposite of it, the opposition of it. And yes, of course, that is one of the many interpretations. So for example, um, I'm going to be using the chariot, which is a major Akena card. It's card number seven. Um, so the chariot, let me just explain to you the uh, upright uh, explanation of the card. Very simple upright explanation is the whole concept of charging forward. The chariot is this person. Um, I don't like putting gender uh, specifically in my in the people within the card, so I'm just going to say person for this one. So there is a person in a chariot um, that is decorated with stars and moons and stuff like that. And they have, uh, in some cards, it's two horses. In some cards, it's two, I hate pronouncing this word because I always butcher it, sphinxes, I think is how you say it. But they have two sphinxes in it and it's charging forward. So the upright meaning of the chariot is always charging forward, moving forward, like just getting things done. Right, And that's the upright energy of the chariot. It's always moving forward, charging forward, success and achievement and just getting it done. I'm so close to cursing, but I cannot. I want to keep this clean. <laughs> but when we look at the chariot as charging forward and moving forward, the oppositional meaning or the opposite meaning from its upright would be being stuck in the mud. Right, You can't move forward because you're stuck. You're just stuck. So if let's just say you have a paper to do, a chariot energy or the upright energy of the chariot is I'm sitting down, I'm pulling my, my all-nighter and I'm getting things done. But the reverse meaning would be I've got writer's block. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I'm just sitting here staring at a blank screen and I just can't start. I can't do anything. So that would be the oppositional or the opposing meaning of um, the chariot, or the reverse meaning, right? Now, secondly, muted. What is muted? Muted is when the card's energy is weak and it needs a push. So think of it as the card is feeling lethargic. They're tired. It's there, but in very small amounts. All right, it's very weak. It's tired. So the chariot, muted energy of the chariot, is instead of charging forward, they're strolling forward. You're supposed to finish this assignment in, let's just say, eight hours. You've got eight hours to pull an all-nighter. And a person who is upright chariot is going to be getting stuff done. They've got all their tabs open. They're typing away furiously. They're getting stuff done. But the muted energy is someone who's like, I've got eight hours, but I'm typing slowly. I'm taking a lot of breaks. I'm playing on my phone really often. Like, I'm just not doing stuff. I'm not doing stuff as fast as I need to do stuff. I'm taking my time. I'm strolling. Now, it can be a positive thing, but it can also be a negative thing. I'm taking too long to do my work, or I'm taking my time. 
I'm not rushing, I'm not stressing, I'm chill. So how you want to see it is completely up to you. Again, you have to read it with the other cards that are present, right? Whether it has a negative connotation or a positive connotation is up to the other cards that are there and the, the relationship it has with the other cards present in the spread. But it can be seen either way. It's just a slower energy. Maybe you need to take a slower energy. Maybe you need to take a slow stroll forward rather than rushing forward. So that's where the energy is muted. Now, a lot of people can see it also as maybe it's being blocked by something. That's a possibility too. That would fall under muted as well, right? Maybe the, the energy is weak because it's blocked and it needs a push and it needs clearance to, to move forward in that sense. So that's what muted would be. The third interpretation of the reverse cards would be internal or external. So for example, if it's an active upright, then the energy is now passive. Or if it's a passive upright, then the energy is now active. Now that sounds like opposition, but you can also see it as something external might need to be internalized versus something internal may need to be externalized. So for the chariot, for example, it may mean you have to charge forward, but... With internal, external, are others moving faster or slower? Maybe you need to check yourself and make sure that you're not being left behind. Maybe you think you're moving fast enough, but you haven't really reflected on how other people are doing it and how well you are doing it. And maybe you need to kind of take a step back and reflect and see, okay, am I actually getting stuff done properly? comparing and looking at other people and saying, am I moving as fast as them? Am I moving too fast that they're being left behind? Like what's happening? Taking a step back, reflecting and checking yourself. So the external energy of the chariot being, I'm looking forward and I'm charging forward, like that horse with the blinkers on, like just charging forward. I need to take the blinkers off and I need to look around and I need to reflect and I need to look at it as, am I moving at the speed that I'm supposed to be moving or am I moving too fast or too slow? Like, what's happening here? So that could be the energy of the chariot as well. The fourth um, way of reading uh, a reverse card is extremes. So rather than looking at others or whatever it is, it's when the card has either too much energy or too little energy. So again, with the chariot charging forward, with the extremes, you could either be moving too fast where you're moving so, so, so fast that you are not thinking and you're probably making so many mistakes, that's not good. Or you could be moving too slow. It's not that you're strolling forward either, right? It's not like the muted energy, but it's more towards like you're doing too little. You're doing way too little and you are not happy with it. It has more of a negative connotation where you're either doing too much, too fast, or you're doing too little, too slow, that kind of thing. So it's in the it's the polarities of the too much or too little. So that would be another way of looking at the reverse. Now, the fifth way of reading reversals would be retrograde. Now, like the planetary alignments where Mercury goes into retrograde or Venus goes into retrograde, the retrograde energy is pretty much where the planet looks like it's slowing down, but it's not really. It's just kind of taking a longer way and Earth is moving a bit faster. So it looks like the, the, the planet is moving backwards, but it's not. It's 
slowing it's slightly slower before it makes its turn and moves forward faster so at the end of the day a retrograde is the energy is there it's not absent it's not too much it's not too little it's there but there's a whole lot of chaos it's uncontrollable it's moving at such a different pace and it's moving in such a different way that you're not used to it you're not accustomed to it you don't know how to handle it so at the end of the day it's chaotic energy right so the energy is there but it's in a state of chaos and all you need to do is wait you can't control that energy yet you can't handle that energy yet you need to wait you need to be patient because the energy is needs to take time to build itself to regulate itself and then so it's kind of like this is what you need to keep in mind this is what you need to know to do but at this moment you need to wait and at the right time right things will happen things will unfold at the right time then you start but for now you got to wait so think of it like when mercury is in retrograde and everyone's like don't sign contracts or be careful when you're sending important emails make sure you always check your work blah 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 because there could be problems and miscommunications and so on and so forth and that's because the energy is so chaotic that you may think you're doing things right but you're not so that's why the advice constantly that's given to people during a mercury retrograde is wait don't sign contracts yet wait <laughs> right so similarly with the reversal card so for example with the chariot you're charging forward but when the energy is so chaotic when your environment is so chaotic you know you need to charge forward you know you need to move but you can't move yet so think of it as a race or a 100 meter dash you can't run until i can't i don't know the name of the guy but you can't run until the guy shoots the gun until that that the sign happens until the pop goes off and then you can run or the buzzer goes off and then you can run right you can't you can't start even with swimming like there's a there's false starts and you get penalized if you have a false start right so similarly with this you can't start yet you have to wait for the universe to tell you now and then you move forward so it's kind of like keeping that that energy in mind and knowing what you need to do but knowing that you need to wait for the right time before you start on that that is what uh, a reversed or a retrograde reversal uh, interpretation would be the next one would be misdirection so this is where the energy is there but it's just not used in the right way for the best results so think of it as when you are charging and you're you know charging forward and you're getting things done but chariot is reversed it may mean that you're doing a lot of things you're just not doing the right things for the best results you just you're charging forward in things that are not important you're charging forward in things that are not going to make a difference you're charging forward in things that have no relation to what you really need to be focusing on so in other words you're doing the stuff you're 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 embodying that energy you are charging forward you just not charging forward in the right things you're just not doing the right things it's like 
you have a math exam, but you spend all night studying science. You spend all night studying. That's the right thing. But you didn't study the right thing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's the, the energy is misdirected. You, you're not, you, you've not directed it at the right thing. So recalibrate. What that reversal would mean is recalibrate. Take a, again, take a step back. What are you actually supposed to be putting your energy in? What are you supposed to be actually focusing on? That's the direction you need to move into. Right? So again, using the chariot as, a, as an example, right? Maybe you're not channeling that, that chariot energy in the right thing. Maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Maybe you're focusing on something that you think is right, but it's not. That could be another interpretation of a reversed card. The seventh uh, way of interpreting a reversal would be tension. Now, tension means that the energy is overpowering the other cards and therefore needs to be better controlled. So in other words, the card is muting or throwing all the other cards into chaos. So for example, with the chariot again, you are moving so fast that the other cards can't catch up. You don't have enough time to work on them. Maybe chariot is balanced with, or maybe char- with chariot you have uh, strength. So as you charge forward, you build, you know, maybe inner strength or confidence or whatever it is. But if you move too fast forward, you don't actually have time for that confidence and that perseverance and that that inner strength to really stick right so what happens then is you build that confidence but it's not long enough it doesn't develop enough that it then breaks and it's not it's not the foundation of that or the 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 build up of the inner strength is not strong enough that you are able to hold on to it in that sense so in other words like the, ch- the the reverse uh, chariot means that you're not factoring in the other cards and the time that it may take the other cards to work itself out. So you need to make sure that you you look at the bigger picture and you don't just move forward in one aspect. You look at the whole picture and you factor all of that in. Now, last but not least, uh, the eighth and final a way to read a reversal, or at least my way to read a reversal, um, is unconscious. So this is when the opportunity for perspective that needs work to make the energy conscious. So it's a chance for you to kind of look at how you can build up that energy. Uh, It's a chance or it's an opportunity for you to kind of develop that perspective um, to 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 turn the energy from unconscious to conscious. So, for example, um, you have the energy to move forward. You have the drive and the ambition and the goal and the determination to move forward to get stuff done. But you just don't know how. Like you don't know the first step to take. So a little introspection to realize and to plan and to make sure that you know what to do, right? Maybe seeking advice or maybe creating a plan or maybe knowing, just finding out the first step. 
right? So finding out the first step, you don't know it. So it being unconscious means it's something you don't know. And it's something that you need to now know. How do you know? Maybe it's talking to people. Maybe it's self-reflection. Maybe it's creating a plan. Maybe it's reading, learning, gaining knowledge, whatever it is, in order to take that step forward. So with the chariot energy, you have to charge forward. But if you don't know how to charge forward, you need to figure out your plan. What is your first step? What do you need to do? So when you plan, okay, this is what I'm going to start with first, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, then you're able to kind of carry on forward. So taking the whole assignment um, examples in, in that, I, that I was saying earlier, I have an assignment to do, but I don't know how to start. I don't know where to start. Okay, what's your first step? Read the brief, right? Of course, your, your professor or your teacher would have given you the assignment brief. So read that first. So step one, read the brief. Step two, get research done. Step three, organize your thoughts. Step four, create uh, an outline. Step five, put things down on paper. Maybe that's what you need to do. So maybe you need to figure out like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then as now you know what to do, now you can charge forward. Now you can start with reading the brief and then doing that research and getting the information, doing the outline. Now you can put all that in because now you know what to do. So that reversed energy, right, the, the, the reversed card could be that you don't know how to do it. And therefore you need to learn and you need to seek that knowledge to learn and to know how to do it. So yeah. Those are the eight ways (laughs) that I typically read reverse cards. I don't read reversals very often, um, but when I do, these are the kind of things that I keep in mind, right? So sometimes it could be a person whose energy is muted. Maybe it is something that is too much or too little. Maybe it's something that is chaotic. It's in a state of chaos. So with eight different ways to read one reverse card, that's a lot. And maybe that's why a lot of people choose not to read reverse cards as well, because it's a lot of brain power, (laughs) at least. You know, you really need to be sure of yourself and you really need to look at the cards and you really need to know. So being familiar with the upright of the cards and then understanding the re- understanding the relationship between the cards within the spread once you're really comfortable with that and once you really know what they are and what they mean and how they relate to each other and how they talk to each other then starting on reversals would be best and of course don't start reading reversals with a complex spread So maybe if you were to do like a three-card spread, like a past, present, future, or a two-card spread, problem-solution, reading reversals on that is a lot more simpler than doing a Celtic cross with 10 cards. It's, It's a lot more complex. There's a lot more dynamics with the relationship between the cards. So start small and build yourself up. But first, 
master the uprights, right? I mean, no one is ever going to be like the best and know everything. You're never going to know everything because knowledge is always growing. So be confident in reading uprights. Be confident in reading spreads. Once you feel confident that you know your stuff, then start learning and start doing reversals because it's a good challenge and you'll always be learning more. And the thing that I love about reversals is that as you start learning and as you start reading reversals, the knowledge and the understanding of the uprights becomes so much more deeper and so much more significant, I guess. But yeah, it's... It's a good it's a good thing. I ho- I really do hope that you give it a that you give it a shot and you give it a try. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed all that. And uh finally, we've reached the end of the episode. I always want to keep the show short. I'm always like, yes, I've got to keep it 30 minutes. Never happens. <laughs> but anyway, we finally reached to an end. And usually at the end of the episode, I like to suggest a book, whether it's fiction, non-fiction, whatever it is for you to read. And each book that I suggest typically would relate to what the episode is about. But sometimes it may be because of the constellation of the new moon or whatever else, right? And this time, the book that I'm suggesting for you to read or reread if you've already read it before is Learning Tarot Reversals by Joan Bunning. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, so one of the biggest reasons why I enjoyed this book specifically is because it's not just read, 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 read and, and get that information, right? Now, each chapter of this book is a lesson and then it has a different exercise for you to better understand what the lesson was about. So there's like lesson one and then exercise 1.1, 1.3, 1.2, 1.3. So it's like three different exercises to really understand lesson one. And then another three exercises to understand lesson two. And I really like that because it kind of comes across more like a workbook. So the understanding of what the lesson is, is a lot more deeper. Like you really get it and you understand it better. So that's why I enjoyed it. Now, Also, another thing is that the book has two parts. Now, the first part is the whole lesson and exercise portion. And then the second part or part two of the book is Bunning's description of the reversals. Now, in this part, she kind of breaks it down into absent, where the energy is just not present. Um, And then she's got early phase and late phase. Now, early phase is where the energy may develop in the future. And then late phase is where the energy uh, references the past. So it kind of like looks backwards. So it's like um, early phase is looking forward and late phase is looking backwards. Now, the thing that I specifically like about it is that it's short. She gives you like literally just one sentence uh, or one question, something like that. Um, it's short, easy statements, and it kind of acts more like a reference rather than an understanding of what the reversal means. So you can kind of read it and then see how it fits for you. So if you're reading a reverse card, you kind of can look at, okay, so for example, the chariot, you can kind of look at what she says as absent or early phase or late phase and see which of the statements work for you and then therefore it'll be like oh so that's what it means or that's what she's trying to explain or that's what the card is trying to tell me in this in this reading so it kind of makes it really easy to understand um and the entire book is literally just about reversal so that's the best part of it all so definitely give it a shot give it a read and let me know what you think right now that we've reached the end of the episode, what's going to happen next week? Well, 
now that we're getting started with the major arcana we're gonna go into the fool's journey now major arcana is arranged in a way where a lot of readers look at it as the fool's journey so that's the kabbalistic tree of life journey then rachel pollock as well she's very popular with the 78 degrees of wisdom uh she's got the three septuary journey um and many other tarot readers have broken down the fool's journey in their own way. So during the next full moon, which is two weeks from now, um, I thought it might be a fun chan, uh, a fun kind of time to channel uh, Leo's dramatic energy to talk about the fool's journey, right? Because Leo is all about drama and fool's journey is all about drama. So I thought... A lot of established uh, tarot readers have their own interpretations of the full journey, but I'm a huge psychology nerd. Like, I didn't study psychology, but I love reading anything and everything to do with psychology, and mainly Jungian analytical psycholo- uh, psychology. I love it. And I kind of had a chat with my deity, and um, she showed me a very interesting way of looking at the journey. Um, of the major arcana using Young's archetypes. So in next week's episode, I'll go into Young's archetypes and explain the fool's journey of the trump cards using that. Yeah. So if you're interested, definitely don't miss out on the next episode. It's going to be interesting. Like my mind was blown and I told my friend about it and her mind was blown. So I want to blow your minds next week or well, not next week, but the next podcast. I hope I blow your minds. Let me know if I do. (laughs) So with that, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you want to tell me off for going off on a tangent constantly, please do send me an email, alchemicalmermaid at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram, uh, alchemicalmermaid, or you can send me a message on Twitter, alchemicmermaid. So yeah, and don't forget, podcast is available everywhere on Anchor, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, a whole bunch more that I've never heard of (laughs) myself. But yeah, so Make sure you follow, make sure you rate it five stars. It helps get the podcast out to more people. And uh, do send me a DM, an email, a message, whatever it is to share with me your thoughts. Do you read tarot reversals? What is your interpretation of the reversals? Do you have a certain style? Do you also have another way of reading reversal that I didn't mention? (gasps) Let me know. I would love to know. Yes. Okay. Till then. I will keep quiet now and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.